live from Tel Aviv, two nice Jewish boys. Hi, I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Noor Menninger. It's not often we get to host a Grammy Award winner on our podcast. And by not often, I mean this is the first time ever. Today we have the privilege to talk with Miri Ben-Ari, a.k.a. the hip-hop violinist and probably one of the most famous and influential Israelis to hit the contemporary international music scene. Miri was born in Tel Aviv where she grew up playing classical music since the age of five. Her encounter with the world-renowned violinist Isaac Stern brought her towards the violin, and ever since then her romance with this instrument flourished. Following her military service in the IDF string quartet, she moved to New York to study jazz. She played gigs and worked hard, and after some time, it all paid off. When Jay-Z noticed her talent and invited her to play with him. She then went on to extraordinary accomplishments, like playing with Wyclef at Carnegie Hall, co-writing Jesus Walks with Kanye, which got her the Grammy, being featured in countless tracks on his debut album and following albums, releasing her own debut album, The Hip Hop Violinist, performing on David Letterman's Late Night, performing for Barack Obama and Michelle Obama at the White House, and the list goes on and on and on. In addition to all that, Ben-Ari has devoted her life to social causes. She's a UN ambassador of music, and her NGO, Gedenk, has set as its mission to educate American youth about the Holocaust. This podcast is made in cooperation with the Jewish Journal, www.jewishjournal.com. Also in cooperation with Secret Tel Aviv, Israel's largest online social network community in English. Just look for the group on Facebook or visit them at secrettelaviv.com. Subscribe to Two Nice Jewish Boys on iTunes. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to rate us. And of course, we want to hear your feedback. So let us know what you think in the comments or send us a message on Facebook. We are so honored to have Miri Ben-Ari with us today. Thank you. Thank you hello. so much. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So you basically made the violin cool. Talk. <laughs> you made the violin talk. I yeah. make the violin talk. What do you mean by that? I mean that um, I think at some point of my career, I realized that us artists have the responsibility to, to utilize our power to do things perhaps bigger than us. And so um, since the power of music is an unlimited power like superpower you can change the world i believe with a with, with music really and so i decided i made it i made a conscious decision to take it all the way and change the world in my little humble way or the best i can do but how did you come to those realizations um you know a lot of people um um great musicians are using the power to deliver messages and um it's not that i don't agree with the messages i just think that if you can create an impact why not a positive impact something that can make the world a better place like tikkun olam you know it's in our jewish tradition after all right and why through hip-hop what brought you to that well hip-hop is is how i started um i can say and i'm proud to say that I have pretty much covered most of the musical styles. I mean, I, I just listened to your introduction. I started with classical music with the mm -hmm. best. You know, I got my first good violin from the master himself, um, Isaac Stern. 
and um, I I moved to to the how did, U.S. To, how did that happen? How did you get a violin from Isaac Stern? I mean, uh, you you know you know how we do. <laughs> you go on the streets <laughs> little, of Tel Aviv. Little you're girls, into... <laughs> little Jewish girls. <laughs> I was young and I played well, and I come from a family that to this day I never bought a violin from me. They just didn't have the money to do so. Wow. And his foundation, the the the. Um, purpose of his foundation was to help young musicians to, uh, at, you know, to to play, to uh, pursue their musical dream, to mm -hmm. pursue a career one day, and he just thought I was talented enough to um, to do this um, little invested and and and. Awarding right. me with a violin. Not a Stradivarius, though. <laughs> Actually, the, the violin that I perform today. So this is this is something kind of funny because um, a lot of people think that Stradivarius is is the best violin in the world, and, and in many aspects it is uh, definitely by price. Um, however, the the violin that I perform, I like million times more the Stradivarius um, because it, it has, first of all, it, it's acoustic and electric. Uh -huh. uh, acoustically, it, it does not have that those annoying harmonics in the studio. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking right now as a producer. Right. It sounds really, really good by the mic, and which is the most important thing when you create and produce in a studio. And, um, and electric-wise, I mean, it, it, it just blows up the roof in, in, every, in any stadium. So, you know, it, I don't think Stradivarius would do the same service to me, although I, I wouldn't mind having one and, and <laughs> you know, playing my spare time. <laughs> so, so what did actually take you from, because you started with a classical, from classical roots, what brought you to hip-hop? How did jazz, you... Jazz, jazz music. I moved to the U.S. to study jazz, and jazz is the art of um, improvisation. Mm. You know, um, classical is the art of playing what's in front of you, um, working on your technique to make it sound perfect and interpret it, you know, your own, you mm -hmm. know, flavor. But is there, is there a violin in classical jazz? I mean, classically, I don't know. Is, no, I mean, I don't at know. the time there wasn't. There wasn't. Wait a minute. There was one, Stefan Grappelli. Okay. Which is, is, he's amazing. He's awesome. But I, uh, I did not, you know, quite play that or his style. Uh -huh. I, I took my, my jazz improvisation, you know, from the bebop style to uh, John Coltrane and more like I, I played with very advanced musicians like Billy Hart, you know, um, you know, wow. Betty Carter was the one that discovered me in jazz and she gave me my first um, stage and my first actually exposure in, in jazz. Uh, Wynton Marcellis um, supported me and was a, a guest artist on my uh, my last uh, album in jazz. So I played with musicians that, you know, more of like the musicians of today. I mean, mm -hmm, Wynton Marcellus is the biggest name still in jazz. Wasn't that terrifying though to, I mean, go into a genre that, I mean, also hip hop, but jazz to begin with, that doesn't have this instrument. It's kind of, well, it feels it like showing up for to my a... dad, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet everything, all of this story for him was terrifying. I bet, did they even want you to be a musician? I mean... Uh, my dad didn't. It's not that he didn't want me to, uh, you know, pursue the, 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 like a doctor the path or lawyer, that I wanted. The... No, it wasn't actually. My, my, my brother, Ohad, Ohad Benare, is, uh, is a very renowned pianist in Berlin today. Uh -huh. So we came from classical music, from the, from the world of music. But it, it's very hard to convince people to see something that does not exist. 
almost, what do you mean? almost impossible. When I told my parents that I'm going, I'm moving to New York to um, learn jazz violin, my dad told me that there is no such a thing. And you know what? He was right. There was no such a thing. It didn't exist. And I, I started a market. I started a market in jazz and I started a market in hip hop. And there are hundreds of violinists that followed my path. And this is how, this is your measurable results. This is how you know that what you did was good and you, you created an impact. But did you, I mean, when, sorry, when you were, when you decided to do it, did you look at it and like, oh shit, I sh this is probably a bad no idea. Cursing. Wait, 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 what was it? The clean version, please. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> but did you look at it and were like, oh my God, this is a bad idea or, uh, okay, so did you look at it and say, oh fuck, this is a bad idea <laughs> or, or did you? I love two Jewish boys. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Two, not, not so nice, but, um, or, or did, was that never a consideration for you? Were you just like, I'm going for I, it? I didn't really care i still don't care i i still do stuff that people think it's kind of suicidal and i do it because i want to do it and i believe in it no inhibitions wow mm -mm. Okay. i really think is as a way of being you should always uh, go after your dreams and and you should never allow people i call them the haters um <laughs> influence you just because they don't see what you see it's okay it's okay if people don't see it's okay if people don't get it it's okay if many people say no to you it's mm -hmm. fine it's cool no you problem. run into those people when you go to study everyone does yeah you too yeah. everyone uh, we we hear knows 24 7 i mean and that's your choice you want to listen to that or you want to say okay because i read you tried mm -hmm. to go to jazz school right or i did and i went to jazz school and, and it didn't end up that well oh you know about that too <laughs> yes um i'm a college dropout this is why it was so <laughs> well you're not the only one on this table <laughs> yeah but i won a grammy for the college <laughs> well, dropout the, there's, that's then the name there's of a the difference. album yeah, that's yeah. a little yeah kanye's album yeah so how I did that it happen was hilarious that yeah. i'm like i'm a college dropout too all right i'm this very works. <laughs> let's celebrate <laughs> it, it fits so maybe the next uh next college dropout album i can be on there too not that i have any musical talent but whatever if, if this is your dream why not <laughs> no so so how did that happen that that collaboration i mean how'd you meet him well um so if i pick up where we left off um while i was playing jazz and getting dropped out of school because i didn't have the money to pay school and because the teacher the teachers decided to fail me <laughs> because i didn't attend school i had to work so americans are can be a little rough and they failed me in music which was kind of um ironic cute. yeah yeah um and and you know i was on my own and i just i i went to jam sessions every night i th there are ways to if you want to study something you can study there is there is never one way to do things mm -hmm. and i just kept playing and improvising and coming up my own style and eventually i was doing hip-hop without knowing it it was kind of funny um i was just uh i invented something um you know playing along with with djs and and writing my own music and it it was it was written hip-hop beats before it even existed before anyone even thought about doing anything like that and doing hip-hop with instruments where did and it come from you know in you imagination just imagine. did you listen that like from childhood i don't know you grew up oh, in no. israel in the no, 80s no. right no i did not know 
hip hop music. I grew up in a classical bubble, mm-hmm. which is so cool because first of all, I worked on my techniques. So when I got to the States, you know, there, there's most of the violinists that play hip hop music, even to these days, are not really classical trained or definitely not to the capacity of classical musicians or classical young people per se. Definitely, if, if, if you check out like, you know, the level of young like classical prodigies, you know, they usually they're not going to wind up playing hip hop, you know, they're going to pursue mm-hmm. a hip hop, you know, a, a classical career. And I, I got to the state first time because I, I won a competition in classical music. I mm-hmm. won a couple of them in classical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won a scholarship every every year to play classical music. I, I, I got to be in front of Isaac Stern because I was part of his uh, um, um, group, the prodigy in classical music, was like the best young musicians in Your Israel to play was classical. More or less it was classical, it was completely yeah, classical. Yeah. yeah. And and then I checked out Charlie Parker, and that was it. I was like, okay, I like what this dude is doing. I can do the same. The saxophonist. Yeah, he talks. Yeah. Speaking of talking, he talks. He really talks through the instrument. I wanted to talk too. And you were sold. And I, I was done. I was going for <laughs> that. And when I when I go for something, I go for something. So what did you just like start? You know, riffing with like no, videos I, of I, his or. I, First of all, there was no videos at yeah. that time. Um, Discs, where in Israel, tapes, cassette tapes. In Israel, tapes. there was no, no... No one had anything. Definitely not my parents. A gramophone? I used to... <laughs> no, 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 no. My, where, where I was in Israel, there was nothing. I could only get a hold on recordings. And I, uh-huh. and I used to study them, yeah. And then I, I came to the States and I, and, I, and I got to listen to other style of music. Like I, I remember like, it was the first time I would check out like Motown music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's not that I grew up on that, but I connected right away. Like it was part of my, of my being. It was really, really weird. Yeah. And, um, and, and then I started writing music. And the music that I write is, is soul music. Even that, uh, you know, my technique was completely classical, and and my, and, and then my studies were classical and jazz. The music that I write is soul music, uh, you know, hip hop and R and B, and go figure it out. I don't know. I mean, you believe in, uh, I don't know, resurrection. I don't yeah. know uh, souls that travel. I don't know how to explain. Aliens that. from space. I, I do believe in aliens, UFOs. Yeah, that that's that is it. Yeah, for sure. No, but it's it's amazing, I guess, when you discover a new when you're sort of sheltered and then you discover something new that, you know, I, I discovered that when I came here to Israel and I started listening to old Israeli music. And for some reason, it just really clicked with me and I started wow. falling in love with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just all of a sudden you have this, like you, you discover a new universe and yeah. it's just like you, you're free to explore yeah. and it's, yeah. it's awesome. But I want to understand. So you went, you went to the States, you started studying jazz, you fell out of school. When did that, you know, breakthrough happen? Um, it started with Wycliffe, actually. Okay. Um, I was um, I was playing my steady jazz gig, and this industry person heard me playing and took me to his studio. He was working at time at the um, Hate Factory, I think, and um, and I used just to sit around and watch him produce and um, um, and play like play around, play everywhere. I would just listen to what they did and I would play along. 
And because I was a jazz musician and it was a part of me, I would mm -hmm. just improvise. And they listened and were like, hold on a second, that, that is really hot. Like, like, we should start recording that. And that's how things started, like, um, moving. Um, at the time, Alicia Keys was working on her first album. And I was already, like, recording. And she called me to record her album. And, and I, you know, when I got to the studio to... Um, to listen to her album, you know, I and I listened to different songs. She was playing these songs. She was like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I, I really liked Falling. I told her, this is a very strong song. I want to get on this one. Mm -hmm. And I, this is, if you hear, if you, if you listen to Falling, this is me. Um, That's amazing. And, um, and, I, and I worked with a lot, a lot of people. I got to meet Michael Jackson. Um, there were, uh, you know, back in the days, there were big studios before... The world became digital <laughs> before there were podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> before we in, a, in a sad day when before there were podcasts. <laughs> there were like big, <laughs> enormous studios. So you got to meet like everybody in the corridors. Everyone. If if you you know, if you were like um if you could have access. Not sure. That, you know, it was very protected, but um they used to take me. I was like their um, Wonder Woman there, you know, with a violin that could just get on any truck and hear anything and can play along with anything and come up with all those melodies and ideas that can just get on any truck. And I just wound up like recording a bunch of things. Um, but I mean, I recorded with so, so, so many people. Um, and and yeah, and things just started to... Um, started rolling. Do you, you know like how many songs you have your violin in yeah you, of course like hundreds of course it's uh -huh. in my um discography mm -hmm. um my universal publishing yeah no <laughs> of course we know um but did you at any point stop and say holy shit holy fuck i mean sorry um <laughs> the clean version yeah what, what like realizing who you're standing around and like the play you know what i mean like at That's any the point best part because like grew up in a classical bubble i had no clue yeah it was very funny <laughs> there was say you know you know who you're meeting i'm like nah really not really no idea really i grew up listening to yasha hefetz uh, white <laughs> john are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, my parents didn't know who he was. So, so it's kind I of an know. advantage. It was you, great. You know, you it would never get struck. me. It would never get me nervous. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. I would even like. It was very funny. I would even like look at the way they play. I was like, he plays kind of weird. Like, can he just you know hold the guitar differently or, or like <laughs> do? And he used to call me the violin girl, and he used to hate me at the beginning. I used to get on his nerves. Who is this? Wyclef. Wyclef. It was very. He's a very good friend of mine, so I can. It's very funny to talk about. <laughs> it. Um, he's so cute. I love this guy. Um, but yeah, he's the one that gave me my first shot. He's the first one to yeah. name me the hip violinist. He he got he featured me first time at Carnegie Hall. I played with his DJ, which I heard was the I read that was the first time a hip hop artist was at Carnegie Hall. Oh, uh, uh, the hip hip hop artist first time hip hop violinist existed. Yeah, that's first time amazing. for a lot of things. There was a history Historical, that day. Historical, yeah. But back to the first question though, because you said the violin talks, but you did also, if I may insist. Mm -hmm. make it cool in a way because when you think of, of, of a violin mm -hmm. it's not like the sure. first thing like a teenage yeah. girl would want to study she would right. want something else right. and if she wanted something graceful maybe she'd go for the the side how do you say it flute just the flute, flute or yeah. something like and flute. The, the, the other one is recorder so. right so 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 and, and you took it 
and made it something that young people can yeah. relate to as a symbol of awesomeness and it's not only the way you play it's also your whole character when you when we look on your videos and how you move and how you dress and everything about it and of course the fact that you took it to hip-hop so all of that package I am wondering how aware you were to the process and and if you see any effect to it like yeah the time it wasn't uh, you you only see things in hindsight as you know yeah um, the time I was just doing me having fun fun and um you know um and 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 playing great music meeting people performing working practicing it's uh, you know being an artist and um and and it was very important for me to to have my own show my own act to figure to figure out how how do i make this this style my own and um you know and after many features you know it's not easy to build to build a very persona. very hard but uh, you know after you're being featured with Wycliffe and Kanye and Jay-Z and you get on the Apollo when the entire country is talking about you uh, yeah things happen and 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 it happened to me but it was a lot of work and uh You won the Grammy for uh, Jesus Walks, yeah, which is a song to Jewish boys. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus was, he was Jewish. Jewish too, exactly. Yes, and he walked. And he yeah. walked. Yeah. Yes, on also on the water of Galilee. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, which was just one of the one the, of the, the tracks mm -hmm. on his debut album, yes. which you you were all over that debut. I was album. all over. So album. how did it, so let's talk about Kanye and that collaboration because that's awesome I mean how did you guys come to work so close because you worked with him a lot Kanye saw me with Jay-Z uh-huh and he really really liked my my playing my talent and my added value for the project that he had in mind uh -huh. at the time and he uh, he approached my manager and my manager he And him were friends at the time they were mm -hmm. like they were boys not Ju not two Jewish boys but they were boys um, <laughs> and um, and yeah I, I just got to the studio I, I remember first time was for the song two words you, you know that song no with most deaf okay it's a great song and it was my first recording with Kanye and he was looking at me at ah oh, like uh, he couldn't believe. That's awesome. Uh, because it, it, I guess I was fulfilling his dream of some type of a sound that he mm -hmm. was trying to create. Mm -hmm. And, you know. And then you co-wrote Jesus Walks. So you actually I wrote... I co-wrote everything that I ah. play. I write everything that I play. Nothing that I play. But music or only? Are we talking about music only? Or the well, lyrics as well? I wouldn't put music only. I think it's, it's Yeah, I mean, it's I mean as, opposed, as opposed to actual uh, the, the lyrics. lyrics. Yeah. So I didn't write the lyrics, but I did the music only. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't mean it in a, you know, just meant to separate yeah. it from lyrics. Yeah. Um, Shame on you. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Really, so old school. Really. <laughs> um, no, because I'm that the one is, who does music only. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're trying to, I, I heard an interview with you and you you really believe in like bringing this instrumental style back to you know just like because music nowadays we think about it it's hard for people to connect to music without lyrics not true so um two years ago um the song that i did with um Ar armin van boren do you mm -hmm. know who he is no it's one of the biggest djs in the world okay 
in trance music. He's definitely the biggest DJ in trance music. Um, I was his feature for Intense, was also the title track for the album. And it was the song of the year in trance music. So that means that the trance community chose an instrumental song yeah. over all the vocalists in mm -hmm. trance music. Mm -hmm. Go figure. Yeah. So but when I you mean, it's still, it's still, uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying that necessarily it's uh, integral to music to have lyrics, but it's become something, meaning over time now, most of the music that, I don't know about most, I mean, I'm pulling these statistics mm -hmm. out of my ass, but I'm saying that a lot of people, when you look at their phones, they'll have, most of the music they'll have on there are tracks with lyrics, you know, be there's a format, there's a very specific format, it's like three and a half minutes, there's a chorus, there's, you know, verse, there's a couple of verses, and it's, so, I mean, that's another, I mean, and I guess this is defining of your style of, like, doing things, but that's also terrifying, is to, like, go into this and saying okay i know everybody listens to three minute four minute songs with lyrics but fuck that i'm gonna show them what music there are many is. types of music many styles yeah in jazz music instrumental is just as important as vocals in classical music it's instrumental yeah uh, unless it's opera um in um, edm mm -hmm. is um instrumental music is the beat you know mm -hmm. Uh, even even in hip hop, hip hop does not exist without the beat. Yeah. So um, the music is what makes what defines the musical style because you can put any lyrics, the same lyrics on different beats, and it will become different musical style. Mm -hmm. um, also, I believe that music, um, and not the lyric, music, is um, unlimited because it's not limited to lyrics or to uh, language. Mm -hmm. So when you hear instrumental track, you can imagine whatever you would like to, to imagine. Yeah. Uh, you can play along, you know, you can mm -hmm. learn how to do it on your instrument. Not that I'm saying that um, music with lyrics is, is less powerful. Actually, on my new album and my new project, um, I write lyrics. I mm -hmm. sing myself. I, I, have, I have singers that sing with me. Um, most of the songs that I recorded are with lyrics, mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's the world is big. It's, it's a different style. Saying. Like just last night, I was at an Irish session. Oh, where Irish! They, and totally. that's, yeah, it was phenomenal with yeah. the fiddle and yeah. the bagpipe, and it was yep. should have come. Yeah, you yeah. should have come, man. You should have come. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no need for lyrics there. Yeah, well, yeah, no need for lyrics, but you wake up with a hangover. Exactly. Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> Those have are to the lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> and the lyrics are you drunk too much. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, back to Jesus walks. So, what's how does a song like that gets written? Like, what's how does it look like? You sit around and you improvise and. You I write. I produce. I um, I when I'm in a studio. I'm uh, hands-on, uh, you know, from uh, writing, composing. I mean, remember, my background is, is, is music. And it's, you know I, know, I know music enough to write, not only to improvise, to orchestrate, to, you know. I have the tools, classical tools. And so I, I use them. And I, I write. I come with my, uh, with my notebook <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> and my, my pencil. And I, I write. I usually don't even use my violin at the beginning. I just 
write uh, whatever and you I can hear. Visualize. Sort I, of I the hear music? everything in my hear head. It? I do. Yeah. And then you just put it. You, not, I, and then you I put just, it on the paper from. And if from I have an engineer, I, I ask them to record. And I, I tell them exactly how to record and how many passes I do and what what I overdub and if I need any and how many channels I need and if there is no engineer, I engineer myself. I do my own sessions. I program too. I program my own beats. You know, I like I say, I'm kind of hands-on in the studio and but when it comes to like a song like jesus walks or hip-hop song do you first get the you get the lyrics they record that with the every beat, song and is then a you... different story oh, okay so there's never one song like another song every song is different it's born differently yeah i mean um especially with kanye since you like talking about kanye <laughs> kanye is is the one that would have a song like we would record and then he would change the beat like two days later to something completely different. He would just reprogram the drums. He would have everything. It would leave me. Um, That's kind of frustrating. With, like, um, no, not at all. No? It's very cool. It's a, it's a challenge. He would leave everything like it was, um, except he, for the drums. Exactly. And then he gets like an offbeat thingy or what beca it becomes something else. I'm not sure else. what you feel by offbeat, but um, he would just do something else, you know. He likes to approach songs differently. He likes to flip stuff. Um, Interesting. That just shows you that w the power of music. Um, you know, um, programming is programming, uh, and 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 the value of music is is. So wow. What is the Ten Commandments? The Ten Commandments is one of my songs, one of my original songs. I produced it with my brother Ohad that I just mentioned. That by the way, he's the producer of the. ID uh, Festival Berlin is the Jewish festival in Berlin. It's I think it's the biggest Jewish festival in Europe today, mm -hmm. dedicated to uh, Jewish tradition and uh, Jewish heritage. And um, um, uh, this year they're bringing a lot of acts, including Habima. Um, wow. Yeah, it's very cool. very big. Um, so, so you work together. Yeah, he um, he co-produced with me uh, that album, the hip hop violinist. Uh, universal and um he's he's a little genius to my opinion and to many others <laughs> um and we produced this one with another brilliant producer producer deron uh, plaskov um uh, that i just worked with him here in israel on a song um last week uh is amazing and we we came up with that song that i got to play just about everywhere. <laughs> um, I think I mentioned to you before I performed it over at Miss Universe Beijing um, in front of millions and millions and millions. It was a, a live broadcast. And um, it's a very powerful song. If you imagine um, the Ten Commandments coming to yeah. Moses on that mountain, you, it actually sounds like that. So let's hear it if you don't mind. All right.
Wow. Amazing. Thank There's you. Something it does talk. Thank you. You see, this is the power of fusion or fusing violin with a beat with uh, or pop music because it, 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 it's like a fusion of classical and something like you said, something cool. And it's really great because it, it gives you also the opportunity to perform it in, 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 on different platforms that otherwise would not, they, they won't necessarily get hip hop artists or pop artists uh, because of lyrics, but they will get something cool with violin, you know, that makes everyone feel good and, and you know, uh, be happy. Um, and, and it's still classy, you know, like I, I performed it even at the United Nations. Um, it was cool for the ambassador. I myself, I am an ambassador, a goodwill ambassador for music. And so, you know, you can perform that song, you know, from corporate America to very, very strict platforms that are cool with you know, violin fusion. To me personally, it just makes me want to go and write a an action, you know, film and just to have it featured in yeah, it. There's something so epic about it. Yeah. About the violin. But also, yeah, but also mystical. It <laughs> has this like mystical element to it. I love it. Thank That's you. That's beautiful. Thank you. Let's talk about though your, your work outside of music because you did uh, start this NGO, Gedenk, which yes. means something in Yiddish, right? It means to remember. To remember. And Gedenk is to remember. And so what is the NGO? Remember for? the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Never forget, remember, in Yiddish. And wh why, why I'm did I... I'm a third that... generation. Um, my grandparents escaped Poland under very sad circumstances. And um, their family got murdered um, into a hole in the ground Some crazy story and my grandparents shared it with me when I was like around 12 or 13 and it, it really messed me up to be honest with you for mm -hmm. a few years and then I decided to do something with that um, because I felt that the story must my story and other people's story need to be told and also living in the uh, US you get a different perspective of you know um, our history and what it means to them. And what do you mean? What I mean is that not so many kids in the U.S. even know about the Holocaust. Um, there are surveys that show, show like, you know, over 70% of students graduating high school don't even know what the they Holocaust is. They don't teach it in school. Some do, some don't. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm mm -hmm. not... I'm not speaking about the Jewish community because yeah, of Jews know uh, the non-Jewish community, which is the majority. They don't know uh, about the Holocaust. And if you go to gedenkmovement.org, there is a video of, of um, a company that interviews uh, was out one of, of our campaigns, uh, students um, on the street, and they ask them, what, the, what, what is the Holocaust? And they go, um, um, something by the Christmas tree? Um, you know, like, no idea, really. Wow. Very ignorant. That's shocking. Um, that is, I mean... Yeah. and, and then We live in a bubble, I guess. We yeah. think that yeah. everyone knows. Exactly. Not really. And, and then you ask yourself, okay, so why should they know? Why is it important to know? Mm -hmm. And what is the value of telling the story and sharing and educating kids about the Holocaust and other genocides, you know? Mm -hmm. And this is this is Gedenk. So 
we provide a platform for artistic outlets of um, programs and campaigns to um, promote Holocaust awareness and education about Holocaust and other genocides and so the lessons it? that should Ed be learned. Educational program? So you guys send people to it's, schools to talk about it? Well, how no, does it happen? It's a very cool program okay. because I like doing the cool stuff. <laughs> and, and so there are enough educational programs and there are okay. many museums in the state. Yeah. But how do you get the students interested? Yeah. You know, how do you get them to get to visit the museum? Mm -hmm. um, and so we have done a few things, you know, like if uh, 10 years ago, I released um, the first hip-hop video dedicated to the Holocaust with an Israeli artist, subliminal, Adon Olamad Matai, and that made a lot of noise. Um, mm -hmm. And this was the very beginning. We decided that this is something really cool, that uh, there is something in it we should pursue, we should go after. And then we started all kind of campaigns. We did uh, PSA an, um, announcements of um, showing that the Holocaust happened to people like us. So you see like uh, a subway running and, and stops and um, soldiers, dogs, men to the right, kids, women to the left, and then the frame freezes and you go to identical frame of the Holocaust. It's exactly how it happened. You know, people like us, normal people. It's not that mm -hmm. we're like aliens that they had to uh, yeah, it's erase. not a fairy tale. It, exactly. It happened. It happened. And I it, think, it, it did I think happen. Even when, when you educate about the Holocaust, even when it is happening, when you're educating about it in schools, some people are so, it's hard to actually it's get people to relate. Hard to, it's very hard to tell about the yeah. Holocaust. This is, this is, you know, one of the reasons that we I, wanted to. I think it's, I think that, uh, that there's something that happens in people's brains where they're, it just seems so unplausible. Yeah. Detached yeah. from detached from reality. Reality yeah. completely and rightfully so. I mean, it yeah. is unimaginable. And no one wants to talk about genocides. People want to talk about happy stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it, we, you know, it's important if if we don't speak about stuff like that, we are doomed to repeat it. You know, it I mean, is repeating. It is repeating, and it's going to repeat even more if we don't talk about it. In the last three years, or actually four years, we've been doing a program with Scholastic. Um, you grew up in the state, you know Scholastic. Mm -hmm. uh, Scholastic Arts and Writing, we did a, a national contest for students in uh, middle school and high schools all across America when they were submitting works of art and writing based on lesson learned from the Holocaust and other genocides. Wow. And it was a national contest. We got, you know, thousands and thousands of submissions. And Gedenk is uh, hosting it? It was our program. It was your project with, with, with Scholastic. It's That's amazing. And you also, uh, I heard an interview where you said that you were enlisting a lot of people from the R&B and hip-hop community to help yeah, in the endeavors a, of Gedenk. Yeah, we had a celebrity quote uh -huh. when we asked celebrities um why is it important to know uh -huh. about the holocaust and why was it important for you to to bring people from you know outside of the jewish community to talk about the holocaust and why it's important well that was a part of the campaign it's uh, to create awareness mm -hmm. why is it important to me it's because i'm jewish this is my history i'm proud of being jewish i'm proud of my history i think there is a lesson to be learned I do believe in tikkun olam, um, mm -hmm. that we have the duty uh, as people in this world um, to make this world a better place. 
And this is my humble way of sharing my own story. I, I cannot share other stories because this is my story. All, mm -hmm. all I can do is tell my story. Mm -hmm. uh, this is my little piece of history. And, uh, and I, I hope that it, you know, it will create an impact, a powerful impact. Sounds like it will. It really does. I, I, I mean, we that's... know all we know is the feedback that we get, and the feedback is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. We know that we touch. We have an amazing reach out, and we touch a lot of students all over America. And it, it, it's important, you know. It's it's a very tricky time right now in the world for for Jews, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, like uh, all times, basically. You know, <laughs> some more, some less. Yeah. And and right now, I think there is a rise of anti-semitism mm -hmm. um hatred bigotry when it comes to minority um if if you read international news what's going on in the world um in the u.s now which is you know they're like like i said they're ups and downs and now yeah are you referring to anything in particular i'm just kidding no i mean yeah. read the news yeah, yeah. you know it's sure. it's yeah. there unfortunately if there's a lesson to be learned it's now more than ever Yes, the, I think the world need needs tolerance now more than ever. Yeah. And because the world is more scary, to be honest with you, the technology can do a lot of things, you know, that weren't available before. Yeah. You know, there are more means to Both do in stuff. music and warfare. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have that. a president <laughs> who's obsessed with insulting people with nuclear bombs on Twitter, then you, you want to <laughs> start. You want to start educating people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Apropos presidents, I'm pivoting like the whole <laughs> way. Uh, you perform to in front of one uh, of the presidents, which is uh, Barack Obama. And I perform for for him, and for I him. also yeah. perform for his wife. I, yeah. I went to the White House. Upon uh, Michelle Obama's special request, she really, really loves my song, uh, Symphony of Brotherhood, featuring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Speaking of tolerance, yes. with the I Have a Dream speech. And she invited me to perform and also award me as an um, honorable uh, woman to, um, among other really amazing women that she invited. And was an amazing experience. Uh, performing for Barack Obama was completely different occasion in, in Boston. Um, he invited me to headline his event. And did you interact with him? Like he... Yes, of course. Yeah. How was it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> he wants to know everything. <laughs> Two Jewish boys want to know everything. Both smiling at me. We tell me, scoop. tell me, share. Tell us everything. We want to know everything. He's cool. You, Obama is cool. You definitely. were, I mean, I think you're a big fan because we, you made a song with the national anthem where you were... I'm trying not to be too politically uh -huh. inclined um, because I think part of my duty is to... If, if You cannot create impact by being affiliated with, you know, president or certain, you know... Um, I am... My, the video that I created were was more supporting change than anything else. The mm -hmm. movement of, of the need for change. Um, I do think that the system needs change. Mm -hmm. um, today, also, um, change is good if it's a good change. Yeah. Um, but at a time when Obama was running for his campaign, the, I really love the movement for, for change. Um, unfortunately, it didn't change too much mm -hmm. um 
but um, I, I really liked how the public was was asking for change. It, it was a very powerful time in the U.S. at the time. And you have you you mentioned a new album or new well, uh, there's no such a thing albums anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we just discussed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so project project okay <laughs> so yes working on a project been working on a project uh working with some israeli producers as well i just mentioned doron um and even in discussions to create something here in israel with some israeli artists um something very unique uh for either for the israeli market or for with the israeli market um to to have it here and take it abroad or to do something unique unique i think it's time for me to um i, I wouldn't say go back to my roots because i never really left uh, yes i do have uh, and I'm an, i'm an american artist after all but um i never left israel i love israel i'm, I'm talking to you and i'm looking at the window and i'm seeing tel aviv and i'm loving it to be honest with you i think it's very unique i'm asking myself when is the last time that i you know i had an interview looking at the view of tel aviv this is very special to me i love the people here i love israel um like i said i'm i'm very proud to be who i am i'm not conflicted at all like you know looking for myself or my history i'm completely being who i am and um I would love to do a project here. So we're trying to figure this out while I'm staying here. And hopefully next time I'm here, I'm going to tell you more about it. We can't wait. Awesome. So where can we find yeah. your, your current albums and find you have a website as well? Yes, marybenari.com. Um, always updates what's going on. Um, Facebook. People, Facebook, Mary Benary, um, at Mary Benary <laughs> without the dash. Um, Twitter, Instagram, everything. Everything is there. We're very active on social media and um, my management always read um, off the website mirybenaray.com all the contact us and uh, whatever people send to us and it's very important to me also to read uh, what fans write to me. Nice. Amazing. So we will uh, tag everything on, uh, link, put links on the, on the post. And thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. Before we go, we have two collaborations. One with the Jewish Journal of Greater Los Angeles. And the second is Secret Tel Aviv, which is a Facebook group of 150,000 people, uh, mainly Americans and English speakers here in Tel Aviv, where you get recommendations of cool stuff happening in the city. And that's it. Thank Mary, you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank, thank you. you. And, and good shalom. Luck. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.